0: Lucinda Franks writes it like this, Christmas in Bethlehem, the ancient dream, a cold, clear night made brilliant by a glorious star, the smell of incense, shepherds and wise men following to their knees in worship and adoration to the baby Jesus. The incarnation of perfect love. The incarnation is not just a mere story, but it's a biblical truth that changed really the course of history. It was a promise given by Isaiah and other prophets in the Old Testament that there would be a Savior born in Bethlehem of a virgin. And literally, it's God becoming flesh. It's Jesus with flesh and bones, but yet he's fully human and fully God. The incarnation is a message of hope to the world, to you and to me. As we contemplate even this past year i know many of you in the situations that you have encountered and the circumstances that that god has faithfully brought you through some even life-threatening circumstances and it was truly just the promise of our savior that we clung to that word and that promise that he has given us it's because of jesus christ and the incarnation of christ and the birth of jesus on that day two thousand years ago Is what we are here this morning to celebrate, knowing that not just his birth 2000 years ago, but the birth of Christ in your heart as well has made the difference for our life. And as we come into this new year, we will continue to stand upon these promises that God has given us, that we serve a living savior who deeply loves and cares for our life. And he will make a way where there is no way he will open a door where there seems like there's no door. And he would give hope and peace just by the mere fact that his presence steps into a room and our life is touched by him. Without the incarnation, Michael Spencer says, Christianity isn't even a good story. And most sadly, it means nothing. And that's why the incarnation is important to us. I want to look at just a few verses this morning in this message. Luke chapter 2 just eight days after the birth of Christ, there's a very significant part of the Christmas story that oftentimes is overlooked. But there was a fulfillment of many promises, and Simeon was no exception. Of a man that clearly heard from the Lord that he would see the Messiah before he died, and at this moment, it says, "At the time, there was this man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was a righteous and a devout man, and." He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. You know, when I look at that verse, I often think that people in the world today that know know Jesus Christ as Lord, they're anticipating something, an answer, a hope, maybe an incident, a circumstance that will change the course of their life, that will give them the hope and the peace that they're searching for. And people have tried and experimented with so many different things in the world not realizing that Jesus is the answer, and you can continue your search for all all of your life and never really find that connection until you find Jesus. It says that the Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah, And that day, the spirit led him to the temple. And this is when Mary and Joseph came in to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required. Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you are prepared for all people. It's an inclusive gospel. All people, all nations, every tribe, every tongue. He is a light. To reveal God to the nations, this baby will represent not just the incarnation, God becoming flesh, but he will become a light to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. I think the Bible is so full of revelation. As I think about this coming year, I think about if I could just know what was around the corner, if I just knew what my next step should be, if I could just... Uh, have some knowledge about decisions that I need to make for my future. And oftentimes we're basing our decisions upon really a situation that's so dark we can't see enough ahead and we kind of stop in our tracks and we don't know how to make a decision based on the fact that it seems very dark and dismal out there. But when we get into the word and realize that Jesus is the living word and he is the light, the light is something that gives us perspective, even if it's only one step ahead. That's the thing about the revelation of Jesus Christ. It gives us perspective to take the next step because we know that we can hang on to the promises of his word and their yes and amen. He is the light, the revelation, I should say, that gives us this perspective. And John's account of the incarnation is quite powerful and The Bible is very clear that John was one that Jesus deeply loved, and John was always leaning on Jesus. He obviously, uh, his love language was physical touch. He was hugging Jesus. In fact, one interpreter says that that John was uh, the disciple that Jesus not uh, just loved, but it was the disciple that Jesus hugged. And John's perspective as he pens these words in the first chapter of this revelation of the incarnation is so dynamic In the beginning, the Word already existed. In other words, uh, Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit existed in the very beginning. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. His life brings light, perspective. It brings vision to everyone. And I'm talking about spiritual vision here, the kind of vision, not what we see with our natural eyes, but a, but a spiritual perspective that in my heart and the very depth of my soul, I know that God's going to take care of me and my family. My future has been forged out in his hands, and I can step forward in faith knowing that God has forged out this future. He shines a light on my very soul, and I have a spiritual vision, which is much more important than our natural vision what I can see with my heart, what I can feel with my spirit. He gives us that revelation. The word gave life to everything that was created in verse four. And his life brought light to everyone. In verse number five, the light shone in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I think this is a great hope that we have is that God gives us this light that cannot be extinguished. It not only gives us just a perspective, this light that we have, and it's a spiritual perspective and vision that God gives us. And there's that that solid peace knowing that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And because of the incarnation, I have sought out and I've discovered this hope and this peace that that my soul longs for, that every human being in the world longs for hope and peace. That's why Christmas is such an important message of this time of year, even for the believer as a reminder that your hope and your peace only comes through one source, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? The second thing is purpose. We're all born wanting perspective. Why am I here? Where am I going? What am I doing? It's it's all about identity. And what is my purpose on this earth? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? How do I live my life more than just making a paycheck and paying my bills and coming home. And is there a deeper purpose? Is there a more prominent purpose to my life? and? And God most certainly has chosen men and women as his vessels and tools to impart his message and the gospel and the incarnation of Jesus Christ. I never will understand that why God has chosen us for, uh, to be his tool and vessel in the church to impact the world, to be a difference maker. And our purpose is longstanding. Our purpose is eternal. It's a purpose that, again, the world is looking for. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing other than just going to work and coming home? There's a much deeper purpose. It's about worship. It's about relationship with God. Our purpose is, and we're meant to worship, and we're created as a being to worship Almighty God, and it fills our life with such fulfillment and and peace and hope when we do that, but also to share a message and to be a light to the world. Our life is a light. And that's a part of that purpose. And I think that finally, is we're looking for that peace in our life as well, knowing that this light shone in the darkness. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, when I think about the light of the world as Jesus is in this incarnation, I think about in this coming year, and my challenge to you this morning is this. That never before in the history of mankind is it more important now that that we really follow the promises and the covenants of God's word in our life. And in the coming year of 2018, we need to be in the word of God like we've never been before. That when we're struggling to know what is the next step, it just seems so dark and dismal. I don't know how to make this decision for my life. When we're struggling and it seems like the peace is slipping away from our very soul. And we're searching again for our purpose in life and why we're here. And as we get into the word of God, we know that it's the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And when we open the word of God, literally, it's like light shining into our very soul and our heart. And we begin to see what the next step is and what the next step, where to go, how to make decision. And there's a comfort. There's a sustainability in our life were sustained by the very word that became flesh and dwelt among us it's the incarnation of jesus christ that brings this hope and this light and our source is the word of god the word is so powerful and as we read the word it sustains us it guides us it leads us and it gives us a spiritual light within our soul that we so desperately need on a daily basis And so I challenge you here today that this is the kind of light and the hope that Jesus gives us. As our ushers come at this time, we begin to pass out uh, communion. And as we're gonna share in the Lord's table, this is really a moment that is so special that as we are closing out this year of God's faithfulness and promise in our life, that we can celebrate his covenant and the promise that he has made with us. As we take the bread and the cup that represents his body and his blood, we can say, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. Has there been disappointments over the past year? Yeah. (laughs) Has there been hurts and offenses? Yeah, plenty of those. Has there been misunderstanding and confusion? Absolutely. All of these things. But with all those things said, As I come to the Lord's table, I realize that this is a covenant and a promise that brings nothing but hope and peace. There's no confusion at this table. It's very clear what Jesus has done for us. As we celebrate Christmas Eve um, in this year, 2017, we're celebrating his, his birth, his life, His death and His resurrection. Those are truths that are eternal. That Jesus was born of a virgin, God incarnate. I don't even know how to explain that. I can't wrap my mind around that, but I know that it's true. And the way that He lived His life as a servant king, and He laid down all of the privileges of heaven by coming to this earth and feeling what we feel. And he went through the temptations that we've all experienced, but yet without sin. And then he suffered a death that he did not deserve on the cross so that he could be a substitute for us and that our sins would be covered and forgiven and he can reconcile us back to the Father. But not only that, after his death, he promised his disciples, I will rise again. And on the third day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he rose again from the dead. This is the gospel. This is the message that we celebrate and we come to the Lord's table. It's what makes it so very special knowing that we stand upon these truths and these promises. As we take this bread and this cup this morning, I want you to just take a moment with me, maybe close your eyes and just say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for the work of the cross. And you may be here this morning and you may need to lay a few things down at the cross. I know I do almost every day. I just come back and I'm like, Lord, I I need to lay this down at the foot of your cross because I can't carry this. I don't know how to carry it. It may be doubt and fear, maybe disappointment over the past year. It may be just pain or it might even be a physical infirmity that you've struggled with and it's like you have no answers for but Jesus said, just come to me all year heavy laden and I will give you rest. And I would say, Lord, we come to you to find that rest in you. And We lay down at the foot of your cross everything that really has held us back from you and we say, Jesus, we love you giving yourself for me and for the world. I'm so grateful. We just worship you this morning as we take this bread and this cup. We pray for your blessing as we partake of the bread this morning. Let's eat together. Lord, thank you for the cup, the precious blood of our Lord and Savior that was spilled freely on the cross so that we could find freedom and forgiveness and peace. Lord, we know that we don't have to live under the condemnation and the shame of our mistakes, our sin. Lord, we just bring our lives before you on the cross. We ask for a fresh cleansing of your precious blood. We celebrate, Lord, the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We pray you would bless this cup as we drink. And, Lord, you would bring hope and peace as we drink together. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink.